the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black in Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Good day, good day. Talking money, investing, and more. I think there was a little boy from Dutch or Holland at some point in time who stood by a dam and put his fingers on the wall and helped fix the cracks. That's kind of the way Wall Street's acting these days. We find holes and we kind of plug them. Market was doing that thing yesterday where it started strong, it rolled over. But then it suddenly figured out a way to win. There was a headline that crossed that said, Saudi Arabia and Russia have reached a consensus agreement to freeze oil production levels, even if Iran didn't. Iran's a little bit of a... I don't know, what's what's the word? I wanted to use a dirty word there, and I I thought better of it. But, you know, when you have a little kid who's like... Uh, you want him to play basketball, he wants to play soccer, you want him to eat spaghetti, he wants to eat steak. Iran's being that kid at this point in time when it comes to Saudi Arabia. They've had sanctions against them forever, and when the sanctions got lifted, they're like, kind of acted out a little bit. So, oil prices and stocks tracked higher. Everyone put on a happy game face yesterday. Speaking of game face, the Warriors go for the victory tonight! God, the whole Bay Area is kind of on fire with this whole Warriors 73 wins thing. Um, I work at a news station, and uh, I see a lot of it. A lot of reports are pointing to China as a source of uplift today. Better than expected trade data. China said exports increased 11.5% year-over-year, which was stronger than expected. That's the China that we used to know versus the weaker, more anemic China that we've come to know in the last year. Strong export growth had a lot to do with easier comparisons due to the timing of the Chinese New Year. Um, yet, not a market that looks too intent on poking holes into much of anything else at this point in time. So we're finding things to cheer for. We could find some of the negatives. Hey, higher oil, isn't that bad? But No, it's good. Yay! Hey, isn't a higher economy going to mean higher interest rates down the road? Yeah, we'll think about that later. So, we're finding things that are positive. J.P. Morgan Chase all but ignored the fact uh, that J.P. Morgan Chase didn't deliver any growth in its period last quarter. 
So J.P. Morgan Chase had a pretty, pretty good quarter. Pretty good. Thumbs up. Aces. I know you're saying that's that's a term I haven't heard since the 1950. Yeah, I know. Um, so what do we have here? Oil prices surged 5.2% last Wednesday following reports of an oil inventory drawdown. They've actually surged almost 17.5% since last Wednesday. Weakening dollar, reports of production declines, optimism that there'll be agreement on OPEC to non-OPEC producers to freeze production levels. So oil's in the low 40s at this point in time. Today we saw the American Petroleum Institute. The API number comes out. Ooh! Higher than expected build of 6.2 million barrels. Dollar stronger. Hmm. You know. We were just playing with the slightly different numbers. And we're excited now that we see these numbers reverse. We're not depressed. Wall Street seems to be fixing the hole that we want to fix, even though there's cracks in the dam. We're not worried about that. We're like, oh, we'll, we'll plug that hole. Oh, we'll plug that hole. We're not going, hey, is this dam going to hold? Damn, damn. Close to 40,000 Verizon workers have gone on strike. Um, mainly, mostly, mainly. I was going to say mostly, and then I was going to say mainly, and then it came out moanly in my head. If I had a stroke, I promise you, I will not be the D, uh, D, uh, Dick Clark of the world. After I have a stroke, I will go away. <laughs> 10, 9, 8. Railroad operator CSX met earnings expectations of the first quarter. Toot, toot. But its revenues declined 13.5%. Earnings per share were down 18%. But they met expectations for the first quarter. Company said overall outlook for the second quarter is down. So when you see earnings down that much and you see the market go up, at some point in time we're going to go, man, these valuations are looking expensive. The retail sales and producer price index for March, pretty pretty lame, all things considered. Uh, first quarter economic activity was pretty weak. And again, we're like the little boy who's like going, hmm, I'm going to go put my thumb on this I'll crack retail sales data was arguably disheartening plagued by 2.1% decline in auto sales auto sales auto sales toot toot yeah beep beep bad girl um, auto sales down 2.1% auto sales have been pretty strong in the last like last year we had a record auto sales number like we're not going to get you know, if I can get back to high school weight, that'd be great. I don't want to get back to junior high school weight. And that's kind of like the expectations that we have sometimes. Like, auto sales hit records last year. And they're down 2.1% so far. Total retail sales declined three-tenths of a percent. If you exclude autos, retail sales were up a weaker than expected, two-tenths of a percent. Damn you confusing data. Why do we exclude auto sales? Because you do. There's a 1.4% gain in building materials and a 9 tenths of a percent jump in gasoline station sales. Now that's the one we should be saying boo. I remember once the Homer Simpson 
went to Lisa went to Washington D.C. for like a spelling bee or something, and they're they're showing a little clip of the Simpsons driving around Washington D.C., which is cute. D.C. is my hometown, and uh, they drive by the IRS, and Homer goes boo boo. So that's what I have to say to that. Um, gasoline station sales up, and we're that's not good. I'm paying more at the pump. Toot toot. Yeah. Beep beep. Apparels. Yeah, that's the sound of my. That's my car's so old. That's my horn sound. I recorded that on my iPhone for you. So one more time. Horn sound. There you go. So that's also the sound that I make when I see a beautiful woman. Just so you know, it just comes out of my my mouth. Uh, core retail sales, which excludes auto gasoline stations and building materials, flat following a four percent, four tenths of percent increase in February. This is enough damn data. <laughs> retail sales weren't, weren't excited. The producer price index, which is not what you pay for it. You're the consumer. So you worry about the consumer price index, but the producer price index, the people who make it and sell it to you, their uh, final demand declined one tenth of a percent. So these numbers are going that good. None of these numbers are all that good. We're working with that. But yet, like I said, hey, um, it's okay. Let's just plug this hole. So I'm not negative. I'm not. I'll take what I can get. S&P 500's up. Dow's up. NASDAQ up. All pretty good today. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg laid out a 10-year plan trying to connect the world. Um, He also threw out some political fray, so to speak, at Donald Trump. Facebook's 31-year-old CEO yesterday got to give a speech, keynote, at a developer's conference for Facebook, trying to get one community. And, you know, he took a shot at, you know, he's saying we're trying to connect the world versus people who are trying to build walls. Um, it's going to be interesting when two billionaires are angry at each other. But he talked connectivity, he talked artificial intelligence, he talked virtual and augmented reality, um, all of which don't feel quite right yet. Um, It's getting there. I saw REI in San Francisco. I think it was REI. Excuse me if it's not. It was one of those outdoor companies, but I'm pretty sure it was REI. They've recently set up a virtual reality station so that when you go into REI, you can see some, like, you could put on the headgear and you could see some crazy, like, mountain climbing. 
And then at the end of that video, you're like, ooh, I'm going to go get some mountain climbing boots, or I'm going to go to a mountain climbing stick, because that's what I know about mountain climbing, just so you know. Uh, I assume you buy a stick for whatever reason, even though it doesn't sound right. It's good in my head. Um, but yeah, using things along those lines to get people to, you know, using technology to get people to buy stuff, I get it. That's why Facebook talked a lot about bots on their messenger. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. Welcome in, CFP Chad Burton. He is with NewFocusFinancial.com. You can find him online, NewFocusFinancial.com. You can find him here on the airwaves between 1 o'clock and 2 o'clock on KDOW, his show, New Focus on Wealth. Now, California is the land of opportunity, and California has created a lot of real estate wealth for people who have been in the state 10, 20, 30, 40 years. They've probably done well if they've owned a home for more than 15. A lot of Californians are going to be house rich in retirement. Some of them are going to be stock option rich. Some of them are going to be 401k rich. Some of them be combination of the, of the three. What do we need to know about being house rich in retirement? I get ready for a massive move in America where people are going to be downsizing their home in the next 20 years. You have so many baby boomers that are drastically undersaved for retirement, underprepared for retirement. Um, if they live in the Bay Area, likely if they're, they're one of these people in these studies that have undersaved, they're going to eventually having to tap their home in a reverse mortgage or or move out of the state, move out of the country even. Uh, so studies I've seen, Transamerica Center for Retirement Studies did one where only one in ten people make a calculation in their lifetime of how long their money's going to last. Okay. Other studies by Retirement Institute and other places have said that uh, of the people that do have 401k balances, the average person that has a 401k balance is only projected to save enough to replace 60% of their income. Okay. So hopefully their house is paid off by retirement so that they can have the option to tap some equity, sell it, move it, whatever it may be. That's one of the best things about owning a home is you pay yourself rent, which means you're paying yourself equity. And after 10, 20, 30 years, hopefully it's added up to a a, a situation where maybe that equity you've paid yourself can now be turned into rent that you're paying to someone else, or maybe it's you just stay in the house. but. Yeah, the, unfortunately, the, the affordability factor is an issue, too, because you get a 50-year-old wanting to buy a home, and it's gotten so expensive that they'll stop funding their 401k because they think it's such a great idea to buy a home, Right. which is a huge mistake. Right. If you can't afford to max out your 401k and buy that house, you're not ready to buy that house. I'm seeing a lot of people under 35 doing exactly what you're saying. They're not buying the house. Some of them are maxing out the 401k, some of them are, but that's really important to you. Um, to have the nest egg totally separate than the home that you live in or the place that you rent. Yeah. yeah, I mean, start working out of college, save 15% of pay while you're saving for that slush fund for that first home. You could even do that in your Roth IRA if you wanted to and, and build up, get used to saving that 15% of pay so that you know, if I continue to do that, that's what I need to be able to retire this home will just supplement my retirement, or maybe it'll take a couple of years off my retirement if I get it paid off early, you know, 30 years down the road. You have to take some time to do some calculations. You have to continue to be able to save money into your 401k. Take the time to, to not be these one in 10 people that don't run these calculations of how much they need in retirement. If you're going to run calculations, where should you go to see these calculations? Because let's say my house is worth a million dollars equity. I don't know how long that's... I, I guess on radio I say it's $40,000 a year till the day I die, but how do I figure this out? You know, 
if you can't figure it out in, on a basic level, that's when you it's worth to pay maybe an hourly CFP, somebody that charges by the hour to, to do these projections for you. If you don't have the assets yet to have a wealth manager do it as part of the wealth management program, um, because the online calculators don't do a good job in analyzing your tax situation and forcing you to actually think about things like what are your health care costs in retirement. So people will just take their current expenses and and assume that they don't pay almost any taxes based on these online calculators, and they, they get disappointed. They're, they do a very poor job, unfortunately. You know, the more I talk to you, the more I get intimidated by making decisions in retirement. Does that make any sense to you? Yeah, but at the same time, we also tell younger people that, you know, you start by saving that 15 to 20% of pay yeah. in total stock market index, international and emerging market indexes. If you do that, you can do a lot of things on your own until you get that first hundred to two hundred fifty thousand dollars saved up. Make sure you have your disability insurance and you're saving, you know, fifteen to twenty percent of pay. You're gonna be wealthy when you're sixty five. You just have to put your head down and do it. Okay. So when I threw out that intimidation thing, I was kind of saying that it's it's complicated. Like figuring out the value of your home and how many years of income that can translate into it's intimidating. Yeah, for, that's what for the average person. That's what happens. Once you build up a certain amount of assets you become just as nervous about making mistakes as, you know, picking the next mutual fund. So then you become worried about taxes because that starts eating and you see, oh, my gosh, I'm paying all this money on my because of my 1099s I'm getting. Um, so that's when you, you seek out the professional help. Seek out the professional help. You can find Shaft Burton at CFO. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. But you can find Chad Burton at chadburton.com as well. And I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more iPhones, Apple's quietly been sneakily moving higher, as has Facebook, two stocks that I own. Um, and again, disappointing 12 months, no doubt, out of Apple, but what's your, are you looking for value to protect downside? Are you looking for income? Are you looking for growth? There's different reasons to hold different stock, to, to hold stocks. Uh, teenagers are smartphone heavy users. We know that, right? How many hours do you think some of teenagers spend on their phones per day? I was a little shocked to read this. Six hours a day. Um, and the iPhone is the brand of choice still for teenagers. Nearly 7 out of 10 teens own an iPhone. 75% said they intend to buy an iPhone as their next smartphone. The investment bank, uh, Piper Jaffray, said that they found 69% of teenagers are currently iPhone users. That's the highest interest in the iPhone amongst teenagers since 2013. It's kind of a status symbol if you think about it. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, more. Find me online, Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Part of money and getting to retirement is managing your taxes. Let's bring in tax 
person extraordinaire, Rafael Tolino from the IRS. How are you, Mr. Tolino? Hey, Rob, the uh, Rob Black extraordinaire. Right back at you. <laughs> Thanks. We've known each other for a long time, and we used to cross paths in radio and actually worked at the same station. You've moved on to work for the IRS. It's a fun time of the year for you, is it not? Yeah, you know, a lot of us in the agency uh, are, you know, keeping busy processing returns and, uh, in this case, talking about it and doing that kind of thing. But I will tell you, and maybe your audience would be interested, that for the most part, the majority of the agency really keeps the same kind of case workload, if you will, throughout the year because they're working cases and such. So April 15th or April 18th this year, Monday is the deadline, right? Not Not this Friday. Uh, or let's say you know, September whatever 27th is still the same kind of uh, workload for most. But yeah, there are a lot of busy uh, tasks happening. Yes, between uh, January and then April, and then a lot of folks processing going all the way through um, you know, through the summer, that kind of a thing. So it's got a little bit of a different flavor to it, if you will. Okay, don't tell that to the CPAs because. Oh, they all seem to go on vacation. They all seem to go on vacation next week. They are working, yeah. You know, some CPAs, twelve, sixteen-hour days for sure, and uh, doing a good job at it. That's for sure. Uh, so I got my first IRS scam email. Just so you know, um, you know, it, it it didn't look right. It didn't quite read right. It wasn't sent from the IRS, but I got my first one talking about where I should deposit my uh, my IRS money, and uh, those are on the rise, are they not? Yeah, phishing is uh, way up. Uh, the phone scam is way up. The scammers are using mm, the IRS as a carrot, if you will, or dangling it as a lure to get you to comply with them acting, impersonating the IRS. The IRS, under no circumstances, initiating contact in that email that you just mentioned or any of the several thousands or millions of other emails that have been sent around that are asking uh, the, the recipient to verify information or check out a refund or click on this link and provide this for a survey or, you know, a whole variety of other kind of variations on a theme on the phishing side of things, right, in an email in your box. On the same token, uh, we are not, uh, you know, calling you out of the blue and, and, and being a threatening uh, arrest and threatening that you should pay tax immediately a certain way and go out on a, a prepaid debit card, which is the way scammers are looking to do it. Uh, they're calling from who knows where around the world, around the country, using technology to their advantage. They're spoofing caller ID, making it look like they're calling from the IRS or from a certain other part of uh, of the country in terms of area codes. They can mimic a call site background. This has been going on for uh, several months, if not two, three years now, and just so many variations on a theme to get you to comply with them. But uh, the bottom line is it's not the IRS making those phone calls. It's not the IRS sending those emails. It's a scammer. And the best thing to do is to simply ignore it and, and move on and just know that the IRS is uh, doing business the old-fashioned way, if you will, right? Uh, sending a letter in the mail if we need to correspond with you and reach out and ask you about uh, something on your taxes or an obligation as such. But certainly uh, not initiating contact on the phone and, and email. So uh, hit delete. Run. I think it's uh, pretty fair for me to disclose this, that I'd say probably eight, nine years ago, I got a letter from the IRS. I underpaid some taxes. I didn't report one source of income. And the email came in and said, you know, not the email, but the mail said, you know, here's what your tax report says. Here's what we think. You owe us X amount of dollars. It was pretty friendly, all things considered. It wasn't 
what a lot of people think. You know, it wasn't a, an agent in a black suit knocking on the door, and there was nothing intimidating. There was not like, we're going to take your car away if you don't pay this. It, in fact, they're like, you can have a loan and pay it back over time. And uh, it was pretty friendly, all things considered. Right, and if you get one of those letters, the best thing you can do is respond to it. And, uh, you know, that, that is very true. It's just a letter in the mail. And uh, if you have a, any, um, you know, inkling that the IRS is incorrect, in other words, reassessed or made a tax that isn't right in your mind, you have every right to appeal it and to provide your side and say, no, 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 uh, I believe that this is right and you're wrong and let's come to a conclusion because the IRS will have their side, you'll have your side. And then you can work something out uh, to the conclusion that both parties would want. So the letter in the mail is something you should pay attention to. You don't have to just pay the tax if you disagree with it, though. If you disagree, you have every right to do that. And uh, that's part of the, the rights you have as a taxpayer that we must adhere to and that you have in dealing with the agency when you pay your taxes. So, yeah, there's no... There's no paddy wagon coming, you know what I mean, uh, in terms of folks think, oh, you're going to go to jail, you know, we're going we're to do this, we're going to seize this and do that. I mean, if you get to the point where that has happened, you have ignored the agency for probably quite some time about an obligation you have, and we're trying to reach out to you, and we're trying to make, make it so we can settle things, and, uh, you know, it, it gets pretty extreme if you ignore long enough, but that's something you don't want to do. Right, and... uh I actually know people, Raphael, who in the past are like, I'm not filing tax returns this year because they owe me money. No big deal. And that's not the right thing to do either. Even if you are owed money, don't blow it off because it'll come back to haunt you in some way, shape, or form. Maybe whether you're, you know, it's a job application down the road. Uh, maybe you have to get a loan. Uh, filing tax reform forms very, very important. Right. It, it, you want to stay compliant. Here's the thing, though, about what you just said. Look, if you don't file a return and you have a refund due or money come back to you, what you're doing is letting the government keep your money. Right? It's pretty simple. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, since you mentioned it, we have about a billion dollars of the B to the 2012 tax year that is sitting there waiting to be claimed with a return from that year. Otherwise, it becomes property of the Treasury after Monday. So by law, you have three years to claim it. If you don't file the return... And uh, you don't claim that money that is rightfully yours, and this is a billion dollars with a B, which is a big number, and that includes, I don't know how many million here in California, it's about 80 million or so, some number here, not more. I forgot the number off the top, but the point is, you're letting the Treasury Department and the government keep your money that could be yours, so that return needs to be filed, and uh, that's that. Now, if you don't file and you have that refund and you're sure, nothing... Nothing's going to happen, so to speak. You're not going to get a knock on the door or a letter in the mail, which is completely uh, not the perception we want, but uh, you know, letter in the mail maybe. But you have a balance due, yes. If you have a refund coming, then my point is you're just letting the government keep your money. You should file the return, take advantage of all the deductions and credits that are out there for you because that could increase the money coming back to you. So the Monday deadline is the uh, 18th coming up here, so you have about four, five, oh, I'm sorry, five, six days uh, to take care of it. And... Uh, well, today's Wednesday morning, so theoretically five and a half days, if you will. But uh, the bottom sure. line is, uh, if you can't do it that way, take the extension of time through October and then file an accurate return without doing it in haste. Does the IRS have any free programs for filing online for you know people that make X amount of dollars? Are there any handouts that can get, help us get it done in the last second? Yep, IRS free file, which is uh, accessible at irs.gov. So you're using irs.gov as a portal. 
That's the key to getting into free file. An income is $62,000 or less. That's 62000 You can use one of the many software providers that we have partnership there with in the free file program. There's 13 or 14 of them to file a federal income tax return for free. And so you want to link into our site, check out the program. It's free file. Uh, link out of our site into the software you choose, and you're guaranteed to file a federal return for free. Now, here in California, you might file it, find a nominal charge, whatever it might be, for the state to transfer it to a state return, which only takes uh, just a few minutes after you kind of click through the California-specific tax questions the software would ask you. But uh, you get the idea that it's very convenient and easy to use and something you can do for free. The other thing, real quick, is volunteer income tax assistance, or VITA, and most sites are up and running. Uh, throughout the Bay Area at various sites and locations through Monday night, Monday evening, and you can find a VITA site, uh, Volunteer Income Tax Assistance, incomes $54,000 and less or, or so, generally speaking, with uh, simple returns. You can find one at 211irs.gov. Uh, AARP is a big partner. We have a lot of AARP sites. And so if you can find one of those sites and get some free tax prep or get free, uh, free file, uh, by all means, take advantage. Anything else that we need to know? Anything that you need to push out there as far as information goes? Uh, you know, the extension of time to file gives you through October 17th this year. Uh, okay. And thanks for asking that. I will mention this. But it's not an extension of time to pay. So if you owe or you think you owe, then the deadline is still this Monday. Otherwise, you risk penalties or interest that can accrue on your account, depending on when you file between now and then and depending on the amount. So uh, do make a good faith payment if you can of, of something, whatever it is, before Monday, file the return. If you can't full pay and you have a requirement to file, it's much better to file the return and pay something, pay what you can, and then work something out with an installment agreement plan where you can pay over time, that kind of a thing, and then move from there. It's a lot less, uh, it's more beneficial to do it that way, if you will, in terms of penalties and interest and the amount you would pay if you had a balance due and you didn't file uh, by Monday. But the extension gives you that extra time, so you want to take it, and that way you can file an accurate return, right? You don't want to miss out on something or, or file an inaccurate return. But it's, the, the key, though, is the, the pay part uh, of April 18th, so just keep that in mind. Sounds good. Thanks very much. It's Rafael Tolino with the IRS. It's tax time. It's right around the corner. Seriously, get those paperwork put in. Consider filing an extension if you need to. It's something that we all have to go through. It's psychologically worse than it is in reality uh, irs is actually a really good group all things considered to work with in my opinion you may have a different opinion but uh i don't mind paying taxes i'm rob black talking all things financial money investing and more you can find me online at rob black show twitter rob black show youtube rob black show you can find the irs at irs.gov Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Pretty big night 
for television and basketball. I'm not sure if that's your thing. Um, but if you've got kids, it's a, a pretty cool night to sit down and say, hey, this is Kobe Bryant. He's playing his last game. He came straight out of high school and had a long career. Very rare to come straight out of high school and have a long career. Um, you know, the Black Mamba. It's I like these moments, you know, that are that feel big. Uh, and then the Golden State Warriors going for the league record of most wins in a season. So it's kind of unfortunate for the NBA that both are happening on the same day. That's just some bad luck. Um, Nike is referring to today as Mamba Day. Um, clearly, Nike has benefited from selling a lot of sneakers, either tied towards Michael Jordan or towards um, Kobe Bryant. So keep in mind, you know, Kobe's legacy isn't clean as he had a rape uh, case brought up against him uh, a few years ago, but that didn't stick. That didn't stick to his brand. So he was able to get through that, um, which it's just awkward to even talk about because I feel like, Am I saying, like, ooh, let's celebrate this guy? And then you're like, let's not forget, but let's celebrate this guy. And it's, it's awkward. So I, I feel weird just even going there. So I feel like I've sullied myself. Uh, Chinese exports rose faster than expected. Um, Wall Street loves that because China's gone down the toilet. Oh, hey, China's up from the toilet. So maybe they'll go down later, but, hey, they're up today. So J.P. Morgan Chase beat expectations on the top line revenue and on the bottom line earnings. That's good news. Uh, we need our banks to do that. We need our banks to be strong, even if you hate the banks. So I love the people who are like uh, like Bernie Sanders. This is one area that I, I will absolutely disagree with Bernie Sanders. Banks are too big to fail, and you know banks are evil. Banks aren't evil. There's nothing in the world that would get done if there weren't banks. Um, do they make too much money? Sure. Uh, would you like to make too much money? Sure. Do I have the right to strip you of ever making as much money as you can make? No. Oil pulls back from its 2016 high after some API data. Um, tied towards how much supply is out there and demand. You know, in the dollar right now, it seems to be moving oil. And a little bit of headlines on whether the production will cut or not. So financial and tech stocks are leading the market today. Those are called, those are growth areas. So Wall Street's latching onto that and going, hey, this is a good thing, not a bad thing. Hey, this is a good thing. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, we are in earnings seasons. So the next couple of weeks should be pretty interesting. I think we're also in that time of year where... Apple, will they or won't they raise their dividend? Uh, will there be a one-time dividend? This is when they tend to report and release information on some of their financials as far as what they're going to give back to shareholders or what they're going to buy back as far as shares go. Uh, one analyst yesterday said Apple could hit $150 a share. For the record, I own shares of Apple. Um, it trades at 11 and a half times earnings. You hear... People talk about the stock market. It's got a high valuation. Apple doesn't have a high valuation. Um, but Apple doesn't have a lot of growth tied towards it anymore at this point in time. Although some people are saying the iPhone 7 is going to be all that in a bucket of chicken. 
and that people are, are there's some pent up demand for it. Apple's pessimistic price is owed to the slow growth that we've seen, largely you know traceable to the iPhone, but also the hey the uh, watch eh, I don't want one. I was kind of curious about it. Will I get one? Will I not get one? And now I've just I've decided I don't want one. You know they've got some nice growth in services. Uh, they got no blockbuster going right now other than the phone. Uh, but it's nice growth in services. So worthy of note, worthy of looking at. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Amazon's got a new Kindle out. It's eighth generation of its popular reading device. Hoping book lovers will be willing to pay up in exchange for a sleek design. It's pretty expensive for Apple. Um, $289. That's more than three times as much as the most affordable Kindle available today. Um, it's promising you months of reading without charging the battery. It is kind of interesting. <clears throat> we go through these like phases where, you know, technology, we forget that we used to have a phone mounted on a wall. You know, we used to, we forget that in your house, you know, you had the kitchen phone and, you had to go to it. It didn't come with you. Uh, but the whole idea of charging or, or life without charging, you know, in my kitchen, I, it seems to be I've got a USB charger. I've got an iPhone charger. Like, I seem to have a lot of things that I'm charging. And the idea of going months without charging, it's almost ridiculous to me. It's, it's ludicrous. Like, are you really introducing a device that you don't have to charge all the time? Um, that's a good selling point, right? It's a, but it almost seems ludicrous. Amazon sees electronic readers as a key strategy to selling more books since digital volumes cost less and they're easier to distribute than printed copies. Amazon began as an online bookstore, you might remember, um, and now it sells 4.4 million electronic book titles, um, including 1.1 million added last year. It also sells $10 a month subscriptions to Kindle Unlimited. That gives you access to more than a million ebook titles and thousands of audiobooks. Kind of a super world library, so to speak. Um, so yeah, they've got their eighth generation of the Kindle. Now Apple, Amazon's had some problems too. Remember their phone that had like a 3D hologram on it? Whoops! That was a swing and a miss. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.